morning, Dad. Hey, going for a run? Yeah, you should join me like you used to. Not with my old knees and back. Mm -mm. Try Xanthacin. It could really help. Plus, it's super safe, Dad, and it's good for your heart and brain. Xanthacin fights aging with astaxanthin, nature's most powerful antioxidant. And with three times the absorption and superior purity, it's the brand physicians trust. Find it at GetXantho.com and these retailers. Keep doing what you love with Xanthacin. How's it going, everybody? Episode 42 here on Hawaii Football Now, presented by Xanthasin. Jordan Helly Hunter Hughes back with you here via the ESPN Honolulu family of uh, networks, if you will, whether you catch us on YouTube, Facebook, uh, or any of the podcast streaming platforms that we are currently on. Excited to welcome in Jared Arsua, the wide receivers coach for the University of Hawaii, to today's episode. We're kind of working our way through the coaching staff uh, as we move our way through the offseason. And of course, a big mahalo to our other sponsors, Spectrum Mobile and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. We record this at about 7.45 Tuesday morning, set to release this in a couple of days on June 16th, the Thursday. Before we get into things, we got to remind you about our buddies over at Xanthacin. They can help you get some of this amazing supplement called astaxanthin doctors and pharmacists recommend it for everything from joint and muscle function to cholesterol health and cognitive function even anti-aging but did you know only one brand delivers three times more astaxanthin to your body making it a better buy than the competition that's xanthacin available at getxantho.com newtown square pharmacy down to earth kakaako gnc stores and pharmacare hawaii learn more at getxantho.com all right hunter another fun episode uh, I wasn't able to make it to a earlier recording with uh, our guy, Jared Ursua, the new wide receivers coach for the University of Hawaii, obviously a name that is synonymous with success, a name that is synonymous with catching passes at a very high clip for the University of Hawaii, of course, brother, older brother of John Ursua, former University of Hawaii great, uh, yeah. now playing his trade in professional football. Uh, and uh, big mahalo to you, uh, scheduling-wise, working that out and uh, getting the interview with with Jared. Um, he's he's a fun guy and, and a guy who brings a lot of experience, obviously, having played at Southern Utah, coached at Southern Utah, was the receivers coach, recruiting coordinator there, as well as over in Ogden at Weber State. So he's got a lot of experience in that Big Sky Conference, a lot of experience in the Beehive State, obviously could help with recruiting as well, the uh, fruit fruitful recruiting hotbed that is Utah these days is a guy of course from the corner side of the big island local guy through and through has spent a lot of time on the mainland a lot of time in the sport um, but good fun you know he's a guy that uh, I think will look to and understands the carrying of the torch that is the wide receiver room at the University of Hawaii oh yeah big time you know Great catching up with Coach. Um, we, we obviously have uh, a, a great connection with with, with his brother. Uh, uh, we we've joked before that uh, their mom and my mom would always sit together at at player family functions and things of that nature. So uh, that was uh, something cool between our families. But uh, yeah, great guy. He mentioned in our interview uh, just how special it is to come back and coach at University of Hawaii and being over at Utah for really the last 20 years and where he kind of got his feet wet in coaching and established this job at University of Hawaii 
is a dream job for him. And Jordan, we've talked about on the, on the show that the recipe for UH greatness is coaches like himself that don't want to go other places. Obviously, you, you know, you've got situations, you've got money calling you else here where, you know, we, we obviously see that happen time after time. Again, we bring great coaches in, we can't find the money or the resource to keep them here. And so they go elsewhere. It's kind of the name of the game with Hawaii football. And so to have coaches that desire to be here that are really, you know, maybe willing to take a little bit less money for the sake of the lifestyle here in Hawaii, coaching here, making a difference here, that that is, in my opinion, one of the biggest ingredients for a longstanding, uh, you know, tradition of success for Hawaii football moving forward. And so to hear that from Coach Ursua is really exciting to me. It really, it really is. I'm with you, right? And, and I think, you know, we've, we've talked to a, a good handful now of, of coaches that are on this staff, yeah. and there is a, there's a connective tissue. Like, there is very much uh, a common denominator you know, with these guys, whether they are from here, if they're not from here, they, they played here, right? In the course of, in the case of, of Jared Ursula, right? He, he's from the big Island, didn't necessarily play at the university of Hawaii, but he's a local guy, he gets right? It. So, you know, and, and so yeah, guys that, that sort of get it right. And it, it's, it's a little hard to, to always sort of put that into words, right? I mean, it's just different, you know, for better or worse, right? In Hawaii, the uh, the nuances that come with it culturally, uh, the nuances that come with it from just like a plain logistical standpoint when it comes to like playing at the University of Hawaii with the lack of resources uh, out in the middle of the ocean, you know, it, it all that all that sort of comes with it. It it, it helps to have some institutional knowledge. Yeah. You know, so you're not kind of banging your head up against the wall asking yourself like, what are we doing here? Because and eh, it's it's it is what it is when it right. <laughs> comes to some of the situations, right? The, the the small stadium or the 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 lack of funding or something like that it's like it could get better don't get me wrong and and I, I think you know the current coaching staff in Timmy Chang is working to improve a lot of those things but you can't you can't get lost in the mud if you will uh, yeah. as 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 you progress and and so it's pretty cool um that uh, he's sort of embraced that challenge the challenge or maybe not that comes with also maybe being the position group that is, most watched I don't know if that's the right word but most followed by your head coach and Timmy Chang because that's his background right um you know I'm sure coaching defensive backs for Nick Saban or Bill Belichick comes with a little something right and so you know these guys they they have their uh their backgrounds and and obviously Timmy having played quarterback but has entrusted a lot of that to coach Shoemaker the offensive coordinator but he's been a receivers coach that's where he's cut his teeth and so I think uh we should expect to see a lot of collaboration if you will uh with that uh, wide receiver room yeah oh big time uh we, we mentioned that in the, the interview too just how integral wide receiver and quarterback synergy harmony whatever word you want to throw in there um to make an offense click especially one down the road if they do plan on uh integrating the run and shoot into our offensive scheme um and, uh, you know, I, I like what he says about we, we, we don't like to corner ourselves by saying we are one specific um, offense. We're, we're, the game of football is ever evolving, which I really appreciate. I couldn't agree with that any long, anymore. You see how many teams have adapted some of this 
um, run pass option, um, play calling. It just adds so much versatility to the game. Even from when you and I were growing up, Jordan, watching teams like the Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, full-on pro-style attack, they never did any sort of run-pass option where you fake to the running back, read the linebacker, throw over the top. You never saw anything close to looking like that. And now, even all the way at the, the, the top of college football with teams like Alabama, utilizing some of the same play calling um, to try to put points on the board, it, it really is kind of telling with where the sport is, where coaching is, and how they kind of glean off of each other um, from team to team. I, I've, I've kind of noticed that. Yeah, and I, I think oftentimes that innovation comes from lower levels of football, right? I mean, mm. some of this stuff like high school guys were experimenting with a while ago, right? The run-pass option stuff, and it sort of trickles upward uh, into, into different levels of football into all the way to the NFL, right? And usually... Yeah. The highest of levels are the most rigid and and they're going to kind of wait and, and, and copycat. But I, I bring that up because so many of the guys on this staff, right. And, and it's a, it's a kind of a glass half full glass half empty approach, but I like that these guys have sort of cut their teeth at lower levels, right. We had this very same conversation with Ian Shoemaker, the offensive coordinator who has coached everything from NEIA to division three, division two FCS, and now FBS. And when you coach at those levels, you got to get creative. Because you're not necessarily getting five-star recruits or even like big-time recruits at some of these small schools. You're just getting whoever shows up on campus, kind of like high school. Uh, and then you figure out what you got and you figure out what works best and whether that's, you know, throwing it a, a, a thousand times or, or running the triple option or, you know, marrying the two. Yeah. And, and so we, we, we get, uh, you know, innovative things like the run-pass option. And so I like that these guys have that, again, the connective tissue with the ties to Hawaii and what they're doing uh, in terms of sort of building that culture within the football program to sort of mirror the, the outside world in, in Hawaii, but also the, the level of innovation from some of these guys, right? We saw it in previous coaching staffs like Brian Smith and Craig Stutzman, guys that, that had coached at lower levels, right? And, and all of a sudden they were, were, were given an opportunity and, uh, you know, had a lot of success. Uh, so I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all that, you know, guys that have coached at FCS and whatnot. We're finding guys, you know, uh, Kiki Misipeka, the running backs coach who comes from division two here most recently. Like I, I don't really have a problem with it. I'm sure like the big sexy, uh, you know, guy from, from the, from the power five or something like that. Like, yeah, maybe that's pretty cool, but uh, I'm all for innovation, especially on the offensive side of the football. Not that we won't see a, a bit of creativity on the defensive side as uh, coach Yoro has kind of teased as well. Yeah, oh, definitely. Good point there. You know, Coaches at the lower level, I think, can almost flex their abilities as play callers, as teachers of the game at a different level down there than at the power five level. Because if you've got a, a five star receiver at six, five, you know, 220 Megatron status, you can coach them up. But at the same time, a great player is just going to make great plays. They do the work for you. They make you look good. Now, if you're able to be successful at lower levels time after time after time, again, putting points on the board like crazy, like, you know, someone like Coach Shoemaker um, can, you, we're, we're expecting to see somewhat similar results, if not better, at this level with, you would argue, better tools to work with. Um, it's like an artist. He, he's going he's gonna to do fine with, 
um, with crappy paintbrushes, but if you give them top tier tools to work with, it, you know, how much better the result's going to be. So um, how about that metaphor for you, Jordan? We're, we're I like that. Yeah. Um, I like that. It's, it's an art out there. You got, you got to yeah. be able to, you got to be able to paint the picture. <laughs> and speaking of pictures, it's so funny because you, you know, I know you talked to, to Jared a bit about sort of the, the, the evolving offense and, and run pass option and, and how that sort of in itself evolved over the last decade. Yeah. Uh, and I just have these like very vivid, very, uh, very happy memories of John Ursua just oh, yeah. running down the seam and Cole McDonald <laughs> right on that RPO and just dicing teams, nice. you know, back, uh, back around, you know, 2019 or so. And, and just how m- the mileage that that play got for the university of Hawaii when it was sort of the return of the run and shoot. Right. Yeah. But it, it it really was a marriage of so many other things that they were already doing in the RPO and just John Ursua just bending routes. And I guess it would have been more 2018, right, with John. But, you know, the... the the Cherry monkey. The, that's the, oh, play man. That's it. Oh. Just, just keep calling that, right? And if, they, if they, and if the RPO says to give it, then you run for seven yards at a time. Like, it was... It was so much fun to watch. Uh, and I just, it's it, it, funny because you saying that just sort of triggered these memories in my mind of Jared Ursu and others, right? And Cedric Bird and, and right around that era, just 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 torching people over the middle of the field. Oh, yeah. It, um, beautiful um, design. And it, it wasn't like Rolo invented this. It, it's some sort of a, um, you know, uh, you know, a, a pedigree, something that's, that's been handed down, uh, mm-hmm. pedigree is the wrong word, or the, a fraternity of, of these guys, you know, first with Miles Davis and then June's Jones and then Rolo played under this and then Timmy as well. They're all kind of in that same, um, that same breath and um, it works. It's just, a, a, you get guys in there that may not be power five skill level, but they understand this and they can tear it up, man. I mean, uh, any success that you have on the ground will then bring those those linebackers and those safeties in a step or two. And then if you get a receiver with skill set like John, who we talked off the off um, the air, Jordan, that if he stayed healthy, I really believe he would be one of the top fantasy getters in the NFL right now, in my opinion, for just um, uh, straight production on the field, catches, yards, uh, yards after catch. I mean, he is... Uh, a Hunter Renfro, um, a Deshaun Jackson slot type of a guy. And I'm really hoping that he has another opportunity in the NFL because he is that type of, of player and obviously lit it up for us whenever him and Cole were doing their thing back in 2018, 2019. Yeah, it's just, I mean, so many, right? And, and that, of course, kind of leads the, the wandering train of thought for me sort of in the direction, right? And, and you start thinking about it and it's like, man, these these receiver groups, not just obviously the standout receivers, right? Hawaii has had a long history. I mean, even going back to pre-run and shoot, uh, right? Guys like Derek Branch and whatnot. And, and I'm, I'm going to just stop there as at risk of neglecting to, to list the, the litany of others. And I, I'm sure the guys in the comments will, will help us with, with some of the earlier years. But, you know, the the you obviously had guys like Ashley Lee, right? First round draft picks, but the, the receiver groups, I mean, you think of like 2018, 2019, right? That 2019 team with, with Cedric bird and, and uh, Jason Matthew Sharsh, 
Jojo Ward on the outside. And then and that was a team that also had like Melky Stovall and Nick yeah. Mardner and Kumoku Noah. Like they, it was so deep, right? And, and obviously they, they go to the conference championship game that year. There were some years, even in the norm years, yeah. right? The, the, when, when you had Marcus Kemp, who's still in the league, yeah. right? Yeah. For, for the Chiefs and has been has turned himself into a, a special teams maestro as well. But, uh, you know, that was that was a, a an era where you had multiple guys that were like NFL talent receivers. Uh, yeah. And I know that, you know, very well. Right. And I was trying to remember the years, I think 2014 ish. Right. Right around there um, with with uh, with Kirkwood and 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 Davis and, and yeah. guys right that that ended up finding their way to the league like even yeah. even in some of the the lean years I guess you could say in terms of success like Hawaii just has this this tradition right and and yeah. uh, you go back to some of these years and and that's just within the last 10 right that's just within the last decade and you think of of all of these guys that um, you know could just play they could just yeah. catch the ball yeah, no, we, we even bring that up. I, I think if not uh, the most important, I, I, UH has got to be one of the, the, the top schools in the nation for the necessity of having a deep wide receiver room. Um, when you look at um, the length of schedule, the amount of, um, the amount of mileage that the University of Hawaii football team undergoes every single year, in terms of travel um, and the wide receiver room being one of the, the more crucial position groups that um, the team as a whole leans on for help specifically on special teams, guys get hurt, guys get tired, guys get injured. And in order for the wide receiver room to continue to put out a good product on the offensive side of the football, not just on special teams, but guys, you know, the next man up really needs to be um, utilized and understood uh, at the University of Hawaii, maybe more than any other team because of that kind of, hey, uh, we need you to be versatile here. If you're a receiver, that means you're going to be helping on kickoff. That means you're going to be on kickoff return. That means punt, punt return, um, maybe even some field goal action too. Uh, it's, it's bigger than just going down the field and making a read and then making a good catch on the sideline. It's um, a lot is, is leaned on for these guys in terms of um, what's expected from that, from that wide receiver room. Yeah, no doubt. 2010 with Salas and Polaris and oh, Royce yeah, Pollard like that. Oh man, those were fun that Brian Moniz, right? Slinging it around. And then, then obviously rivers, Grice Mullen, Bess, um, some of those guys, right. Uh, Washington and, and Ian sample and, and some of like the 2006, 2007, obviously it's Stutzman, it's Stutzman right. Uh, oh no. Yeah, exactly. Just a and little Billy bit earlier. Chad Owens. Billy, yeah, that's yeah. right. It, it really raised around like the 2010 time, right. Yeah, uh, like he's with Salas and those guys and 11 kind of those. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of just amazing how, and it always, and it just became super ironic because, Rolo left to go coach, you know, in the Palouse, but the, the, was it the, was it a tweet? Was it a con? Whatever it was. It was like, would you rather catch balls in, in, in paradise or go snock block in the snow? Uh, and it was always like, yeah, man, that's uh, running around in Hawaii, catching passes all day seemed like a lot more fun. And then it was just, it was funny because he ended up going to coach at Washington state um, <laughs> where they also still slung it around all the time. 
yeah. um lincoln victor was on that 2019 team as well who's now you know doing well up to watch like the level of talent and depth in these receiver rooms um i would imagine is part of the draw for for a guy like jared or sua right uh that, that that comes in and he's like hey this is there's a tradition here when you go and recruit it's a little easier to just kind of put on the tape right it's like hey you come to hawaii this is what we do right. does this seem fun to you probably uh and so that's that's maybe a little easier sell and it's it's you know decades worth of evidence that uh this kind of it's kind of what hawaii does totally and i i've even said this about um hawaii receivers at the the high school level you know they may not be as big as guys on the mainland you know uh five star four star whatever you want to you want to mention may not be the fastest but they're tough they're sure-handed over the middle they're not afraid to get licked. In fact, some of them, like some of these slot guys coming out of Hawaii, they want to hit that linebacker, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, from, from a quarterback perspective, there's nothing better than a guy who wants to catch the football. They're a ball hawk, if you will. They, they just go up and get that thing. They're hungry for it. And, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of in the, uh, in the water, if you will, over here, Jordan, at the, that, uh, that, that position group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if, you know, we mentioned Jason Matthew Sharsh, right. From one little went to my boy, uh, we went, played yeah, went off to junior college, found his oh, way yeah. back. Right. He wasn't the biggest, he wasn't the fastest, but boy, he could run routes over the middle and he was fearless and he'd catch everything. Samson you know, I, I mean, some of my favorite guys growing up were like Gerald Welch, Britton Comine, who were not big, not fast, but I tell you what, those guys could get open and they could catch. Mm-hmm. And in that offense, pfft, if you know what you're doing, you'll get open, right? If you know what you're doing, there's there is a, there's way too much space on the football field. Robbie Toma. Yeah, Robbie Toma, right? All these guys, like they they just they know how to do it. And 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 you're right, you know, and, and I think now that you've got some of these guys mining some of this local talent and, and trying to to build these relationships and keep some of these guys home. Donnie um, King. Yeah, you know, I, they're yeah. The, the, the number of guys, right, who maybe even didn't get the the level of production as some of the others, but man, it is, it is quite impressive. And and then some of those guys go on to to play, you know, professional football, right? As as we've already talked about, and and that kind of lets us transition a little bit here throughout the the rest of this first half, before we get to the Jared Ursua interview. Um, we we kind of briefly mentioned it. I teased it, um, kind of prodded Hunter here if he wanted to get the arm loose for the XFL tryout coming to McKinley. Wow. On June 25th, the Rock is supposed to be there. Dwayne Johnson is supposed to be there. I'm sure he'll address the guys that are that are trying out as the XFL is is ready to reboot once again, starting in the spring. But on this very subject, right, all the, the one of the local guys who you know were used to running routes or whatnot, but that's not. It's obviously not just limited to wide receivers. But there's got to be. It, it. I would imagine there's some talent that's going to be rolling up on June 25th. I mean this sincerely that, yeah. you know, has some shots here, whether guys that played at the University of Hawaii, guys that played elsewhere, guys that are looking for a shot, uh, Vince Fafale style or something like that. I, that's going to be, there's going to be some talent there. I, I, I am guaranteeing that. Yes. Oh, big time. And the, the fact that the NFL, and this is the big reason why The Rock is doing something like this. It's not just a money grab, which I'm sure he'll make some money out of this. It's, to provide the NFL with an adequate minor league system, so something better than what we have. Because right now, the, even the best players from the biggest schools, the biggest programs, 
have maybe a one to two. What's the average right now, Jordan? Like it's it's less than a year sometimes for the the an NFL, an NFL player. Oh yeah, yeah. Service it's sometimes center, yeah. less than a year, even the the biggest name guys. And so there's nothing for guys, even whenever they can't make that 53 man roster, for them to do other than to sit around and hope they get another call. Um, I think of someone like Cole McDonald who will also be at the XFL tryout this next week. Uh-huh. Um, you know, going from team to team and someone who kind of suffered during that COVID era, um, having to go through the protocols week after week and not really given, I think, a fair shake with what his talent deserved um, from everything he was able to do here at University of Hawaii at the NFL level. I, I mean, you know, going from the Titans, he was um, he was drafted by those guys uh, shortly cut after that. Um, the Arizona Cardinals gave him a camp invite after that. And then um, a few other teams, the Vikings being one of them. I know that he's a good buddy of mine. Just going from team to team and not really given that next, you know, the, for how big the NFL is, it is the biggest sport in our country. It's the biggest money getter that there is. For us not to have, uh, you know, additional resources, additional opportunities for guys like him and an onslaught of others get another opportunity. It, it's kind of it's kind of a bummer uh, that that we can't be more um expansive more diverse and so i am with you man i think uh, the turnouts uh is going to be fantastic i'm i'm really interested to see um who all is going to be out there i know he's going to be out there i know bryant moniz is going to be out there too um there you uh, go. man a, a good old-fashioned sling off uh i hope, I hope those that. receivers are stretched out and ready to run man because there'll be some balls warm. in the air they're be coming hot i know yeah that's true too those guys are going to be zinging it uh, and uh, just a, just a friendly reminder that uh, the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Dragons of the XFL is June Jones. So June. there's there's some opportunities out there. And you think what he did in Houston, right? And and turned P.J. Walker into an NFL quarterback uh, out of Temple. Right and, and he was like the one quarterback coming out of the XFL that really got a, a good look and did, heck started some games last year for the Panthers, I believe, right? With when he had some injuries to to Darnold. So. Yeah. If, if, if somehow one of these guys can end up, you know, in Seattle, whether it's quarterbacks or not, um, if you're on the offensive side of the football, you can be, you can be producing here and, and maybe, maybe part of that. Will be tapping whoever their GM is very, very strongly to get either Moniz or Cole, depending on how they look. Um, June just, find, June, June, if you can, if you can, if you can throw it, June will find you. So uh, that, that, that is, that that is that has been the case for for a number of years now so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun uh drew brown a guy who at the university of hawaii but but he's uh he's kind of found a little bit of a home right uh we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording uh but uh north of the border cfl kind of in full swing as it usually is in the summer which is always fun if you catch some of these games you can stream a lot of them online uh and drew brown has been taking making the most of his opportunities yeah, no, uh, he came in for relief uh, just this last week up in uh, Winnipeg. Um, I'm blanking on the team they played um, at the moment, but uh, he led them down on a game-winning drive and they won the game. Uh, Drew's getting his shot up there in the CFL and um, a couple other Hawaii guys are on that team. Uh, Tui Eli, our offensive mm-hmm. lineman, he, he's up there. I think he might even be there at their center right now. Um, 
Uh, and then I know Mephi uh, um, Kaloa Matangi was on their team, uh, I think a year ago or something like that too. So there seems to be somewhat of a uh, pipeline for Hawaii football to Winnipeg up in Canada a little bit. Um, and they won the Grey Cup last year, Jordan, the, which is their their um, their version of the Super Bowl. That's right. Uh, That's yeah. right. Drew just got his ring last week. I'm kind of jealous. That thing looked like uh, um, like Chinaman's hat on his on his hand. Man. Huge. <laughs> yeah, they beat uh, they beat Ottawa last week. Ottawa. Came in, led them to the win over uh, the Red Blacks um, for the for the winning drive uh, there north of the border. So, yeah, excellent opportunity. That's another league, right? If if uh, yeah, like like Brian Moniz would know a little thing or two about. Um, they, they, they throw it all over the place there on those gigantic fields with 12 players. Uh, CFL is so much fun. It is. And w- with the guys running from, from behind the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how they defend those guys. It, it looks like a walk in the park from, from an offensive side. The three downs thing. I think that's the, the big equalizer, right? You only get three downs right. instead of four. <clears throat> and that's, uh, that's kind of how things even out. They ended up winning that one 1917 over Ottawa. All right, uh, that'll kind of wrap up the first half here on episode 42. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll get you right into our Jared Ursua interview in just a a little bit. But before we hit the halftime, we do have to tell you about our good friends, our sponsors over at Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, committed to serving individuals and businesses through its 14 branches, uh, statewide and convenient digital banking services. As a leader in providing support for the islands, Hawaii USA is committed to strengthening Hawaii's financial wellness and sharing successes with members, local businesses, and the greater community. Originally opened in 1936 as a credit union for educators, Hawaii USA has inspired a culture of giving that is rooted in education and has since expanded to other areas of community need that impact financial health, including healthcare, housing, and hunger. To learn more, please visit hawaiiusafcu.com. Jared Ursua coming up in second half. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, and welcome back to Hawaii Football Now. We've got joining us today, Coach Jared Ursua, um, the recent hire for the wide receivers uh, core over at the University of Hawaii. We are so stoked to have him. Uh, we know it's early. We record this at 7.09, Tuesday, June 14th. And uh, Coach, thanks for joining us this morning. I know it's kind of an early start for you guys. Uh, thanks for taking a little bit of time to uh, hang out with us. Hunter, we're, we're happy to be here. This is um, this is the summer of strain for the, uh, the University of Hawaii football team. We 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 got a long marathon uh, that we started about two three weeks ago, where we are picking up the pace now uh, in full stride to a bowl game. So it's never too early. We're, we're we're always working here, and we're happy to be on the show. Yeah, you know, it's kind of an interesting time for the listeners, you know, at home for the football calendar right now. You know, spring ball is done. Uh, Summer training is in full swing right now. I mean, uh, are you guys in PRPs right now or player ran practices for those listening at home? I mean, what's it look like for you guys um, and as a coaching staff from a recruiting standpoint? Is that kind of on the back burner for you guys or is this kind of more of a chill, chill time period for you? So uh, we're full speed, like I said. So right now we're setting the, the, the ground uh, foundation 
uh, of, of a pyramid to success. And these are the main building blocks. Uh, like you mentioned, we are in the middle of PRPs, which are player run practices. Uh, that's gonna only help us build uh, leadership and accountability uh, amongst the teammates. Um, and so th this time frame, uh, we, we get to a, a small window uh, per week that we get to be able to, to teach a bit um, and reinstall, so to say, from the 15 practices that we took from mm. the spring uh, and, and revisit those things, as well as introduce for a number of the new guys. Uh, obviously, we did some heavy shopping out on the portal uh, and have some exciting prospects coming in uh, as well from high school that we feel uh, are, are great gets. And so right now, this is a very uh, a start of we're, we're at the base of the mountain still. Um, but uh, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of great buzz. The guys are here. Uh, the accountability, like I said, is high. The guys are showing up. Um, and then uh, there, there's a lot of good going on with, uh, you know, uh, feeding the players, keeping them around more, keeping them around the facility more. Uh, so, so a lot of good happening right now where it is a little bit more loose, but in the same sense, hopefully progressing uh, a little day by day. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, the uh, the hype and uh, Jordan and I have, have mentioned it a few times on the show that I can't remember a time in Hawaii football history where the hype has been higher going into a season um, from the attention of mainland recruits, um, even just the morale here on the island. The, the, it seems as if there's almost been a resurrection for University of Hawaii football. And I just kind of wanted to commend uh, you guys as coaching staff, the, the amount of work and dedication that you have put in there. Um, we're kind of seeing the residual effects of what goes on behind the doors for you guys. So I just kind of wanted to acknowledge that, that we all see it. And we're so excited about this year, man. Well, you know, it really goes to first uh, admit, you know, there was a, it was a hard time for Hawaii yeah. football fans. Um, but here's who really deserves a compliment. People who made decisions to put Timmy Chang in place. Because mm. uh, I think what we've all seen is he's the right person for the job. Uh, not only has he gotten uh, excellent uh, reviews from the players in being the right person in, uh, with, with all the issues that, that had happened prior to, uh, but as well, I think he brought in the right staff uh, guys who uh, are to the university, to the state of Hawaii, uh, to this program. Uh, and then he's done an excellent job in involving the community. And when you have those three phases in a program and, and, and a little bit of momentum you know, shifting from third to fourth gear, you know, getting ready, it, it, uh, it creates some excitement. And now, now the only thing in front of us is some football. That's right. That's right, man. And uh, you know, uh, a welcome home for you as well. Uh, I know you, you guys, uh, uh, I know your family a little bit from playing with your brother, John. I know you guys have connections over in Utah, but, you know, coming back and coaching in Hawaii, would you say that was kind of a homecoming for you and your family? Um, absolutely. Uh, this is, and I told uh, the Venerian brothers this in a discussion we had, um, you know, this is, this is a dream job for me. Uh, um, my love my obsession with college football stems from the University of Hawaii. Uh, and I'm watching um, guys like, uh, you know, uh, Navy Lawa and, uh, you know, um, Timmy and 
you know, Chris, uh, Abe, I mean, these guys who are on the staff that I work with on a daily basis are the reason I, I love it. And so um, this this is more than a homecoming. This is a, an opportunity that, that I consider gold and wanted to be a part of. Um, and so we're excited being home. There's a lot of new dynamic. Uh, I've been in Utah for the last almost 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I, I left long time ago uh, to, to be up there, uh, was able to, to, to really get things started and get the, the footing of the coaching profession. Um, but right now um, we're here, my family loves it. My, my kids, I've got four kids, uh, my daughter, Myla and Harvey, uh, they, they just love going to the beach every day. And huh. it's, it's, been, it's been great in more than just football. That's awesome, man. Yeah, um, we're, we're super stoked to have you, man. And, uh, you know, beyond that, uh, if people have been down at practice, they see that, you know, Coach Timmy's out there. He's got his hands in, in just about every position group. But from my perspective, he's got his hands the most in the receiver core than maybe any other uh, position group and just kind of wanted to pick your brain on what that's like obviously um, being a position coach you have to kind of go step in step with what head coach wants to accomplish in each individual position group but what's that been like with uh, kind of picking his brain his football brain um, uh, alongside coach Timmy uh, throughout this process it's been an excellent process and, and going back to him bringing in the right people, I think he knew personality wise and characters of guys like Shoemaker and, and myself and Chef and Rome, uh, yeah. you know, that, that we were, we, we've all been around good football. We've all won a lot of football games and been a part of a great culture, but, but in order for it to work in a new program, you got to mesh. And you got to give a little, right? You got to push certain items, you know, a little bit harder, stand on the table, you know, that you feel confident with and other things you got to hear it out and let it see. And I think that's been the best element thus far is, is nobody is so married to a specific thing that they're not willing to listen, hear, learn and grow uh, from the coach next to them. Uh, you know, I faced uh, at Weber, we faced Eastern Washington. So I saw that animal operate while we were there. We played Nevada as well. So I got to see Charmaine Dobbs, uh, who Timmy had coached. And so there's a high trust factor. We've all gone against each other. We've seen the kind of product that we put. And so the discussions that we have, not just, um, you know, in our meeting time, but even when the meeting adjourns, when we get out, we, we go and we, we are walking through the hallway, continually putting X's and O's on walls, making sure that we're understanding the specifics and details that we want the players to understand. Why is he so involved in this? It's because this is his baby. Yeah. And I want him to be involved, yeah. right? Um, that, that's, that's the beauty of, of uh, the, the job that we have here. Um, the, the only problem is, is that the quarterbacks get jealous. They sit there and they want to know how this guy's thrown for 17,000 yards and he's not spending yes. time with them. So it, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun um, in this process, me and him working together, uh, spending time talking about some of the more intricate things. You know, yeah. we're, 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 we're keeping it at a fundamental level and making sure that the, the moxie of the, of, of the receiver group knows and understands what the expectation is. But that some of the greatest players and some of the best draft picks have been in that room. And so they've got to perform. One of which being five, of course, uh, that goes without saying. So, uh, um, but, um, you know, you, you mentioned it right there. Coach Chang, Coach Shu, 
you know, they've gone out before and, and kind of acknowledged that, yeah, we, we have dreams and aspirations of the run and shoot, but we're not quite there yet. And a big reason for those listening at home is understanding and everybody being on the same page, not just from the quarterback room specifically, but the receiver core as well. People sleep on the fact that the only way for a, a, a scheme like the run and shoot to work effectively is everybody making the correct reads in unison and harmony together. And so um, it's got to be a lot of fun from a coaching perspective of kind of going step in step with a coach like Shoemaker, who, know, who knows how to score points and uh, what this season could, could become with whatever offense you guys are running. Yeah, we, we are uh, unapologetically not looking to be branded, right? Like we, we're not looking to, to tell people, oh, we're sorry, we're not this and that. The game of football continues to evolve, mm -hmm. uh, evolve in a way where defensive schemes, um, you know, there's, there's a lot more mix to it. And, and with that, the, the offense, uh, uh, you, you just can't give it away too easily what you're doing. And so not only will there be variety in route structures and the tree uh, that you see these guys run, we're going to have a mix of, of tempos and cadences to, to keep people guessing and, and making people feel like they need to guard every blade of grass mm. at every specific year. And when you do that and can excel at it, uh, it becomes very difficult for defenses to be assignment sound. And so what are we? I, I wish I knew, but I know this much. Whatever we are, we're going to be really good at it. I like it. Yeah, no. And I, I've never really thought that a specific scheme is even necessarily important i mean it's more a marketing thing if anything else because each uh, each week is different you you plan for uh your opponent differently every week i mean i was always a fan of going from pro style to run and shoot you know depending on what defense is in front of you so um i like that the, the, the game continues to evolve and you know kind of in the same breath coach with everything that happened in the spring you know and certain players um that we're already on the roster. You guys, obviously, you mentioned you've done some shopping this offseason. Were there any guys that you were really impressed with um, through this spring campaign? I hate to be overly vanilla in that question, but we saw... I'm about as vanilla as it gets right here. So uh, it, it's all good, man. <laughs> well, it, it was one of those things right now with the situation, right, Hunter, is when the tide rise all the boats did as well mm. and we we saw the whole group really raise and elevate their standard of performance and so guys made plays uh, but what the basis of the offense and when you look at the structure of what we do it really is to expose vulnerable spots in defenses and when you do that um yeah it's going to come in a variety of different ways. It's going to hit with it. But like we saw in the spring game, uh, Tamato Atimalala goes off. And, uh, you know, that, that came as, as a result of what the defense was, was showing us and those windows opening up where on the practice right before Zion Bowens had an incredible practice early on, Joan Panoki was doing an outstanding job uh, at creating separation, being a strong physical presence. He's a strong hand sketcher. Um, and so he does a great job. And so uh, it, it wasn't like it was one person. Uh, it, it was a whole pod of guys. And that's not to, you know, miss out on, on our, our running backs and Jordan Murray as a tight end. I mean, a lot of those players did a really good job. And that's really the objective. 
um, of it is, is to continually put pressure on the defense. And so, like I said, it, it, it's kind of a generic way of answering that question because I'm not really pinpointing one specific person, but I, 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 we felt like when we got back after and we visited as a staff, we felt like we saw everybody elevate uh, enough. And what we hope is that we can take a similar stride in the summer and through fall camp. That's, that's great, man. Yeah. I've always felt like Hawaii, if not the most important, maybe top 10 in terms of schools in the nation that need to have a deep wide receiver room because our, our season is so long. We travel more than any other team. Wide receivers are usually the most utilized position group in terms of using them on special teams as well. And so these guys have to be deep to be able to put a good product out on the field on the offense. And so just across the board, man, that, 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 that speaks to uh, the, the work that you've done, man, that everybody is on the same page and is ready to go. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's really good news for those listening at home. We've got the, uh, the wide receiver core sewed up over here with coach Ursua. Um, oh, I, don't, I didn't quite say that. We, so we saw progress. We, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hype man. We, still got, we, we got a lot of good work in front of us. We, we're, we're trying to keep our feet on the ground and keep the good pace though, but it, it has been, it has been great to this point. That's cool, coach. You know, coach, we appreciate you stopping by today, man. Um, really just uh, excited for this season, excited for uh, what's ahead. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. No doubt, Hunter. Appreciate you guys. We're tuned into the show all the time. And so we're big fans of you as well. You guys have a good one. Right on. Aloha. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, big thanks to Jared. Big thanks to you, Hunter, for uh, handling that interview. Unfortunately, wasn't able to make it, but uh, we are in very capable hands. Which we should do this more often. We should just have Hunter do all the interviews and I can coast in, uh, coming in late uh, to the recordings and uh, wrap this up. But uh, no, uh, in all seriousness, thank you very much, Hunter. Uh, and big thanks to, to Jared. Big thanks to our guy, Jaron, on the controls for uh, arranging that as well. We are, we are excited. I think you can tell that he is excited. Um, even with the expectations, there comes a little bit of seizing the moment, I think, in uh, a wide receiver room that's lost some, some transfers and whatnot, but uh, I think we'll, we'll be productive once again. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, he, he, along with the rest of this coaching staff, I, I, we say it week in, week out, Jordan. It all depends on if we're actually winning football games, but um, I – I think there's more to that than, than just winning games right now with what we're seeing with this coaching staff. Uh, we mentioned it in the interview briefly. It's almost as if the team has been resurrected from the dead. Um, the program, uh, everything surrounding the team was in such disarray um, just six months ago, Jordan. I mean, it was week in, week out. It was a freaking circus, bro. Um, but what, what you and I were reporting on and kind of reacting to, it was something new every single week. And there was a fire, you know, at University of Hawaii. And not only has it been put out, but a new tree has been planted there and it's already starting to blossom. All we're waiting to see is if it's actually bearing fruit here in the fall. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, big, big um uh, mahalo to everybody involved with that from the top down it uh it has the makings of a 30 for 30 10 years from now who knows what, what this <laughs> could be really i feel that way 
Yeah, there's been uh, there's been a few iterations of Hawaii football where you're like, yeah, we could we could probably use a documentary here, uh, and this uh, this may be the latest chapter. Uh, might have to be in multiple installments uh, as we move forward. So now, big big thanks to big thanks to Jared uh, for joining us here on episode 42. All right, wrapping things up on the overtime. Wanted to send our condolences and well wishes, our aloha to the family of Rockney Freitas. Uh, who passed away, obviously a legendary figure in Hawaii sports, like literally a titan uh, amongst mere mortals in, in his time with the, the, the Detroit Lions, uh, former, you know, second team all pro tackle, um, came back home, became an administrator, interim AD for the University of Hawaii, was the chancellor over at University of Hawaii, West Oahu, um, on the Eva side and was was a visionary like he and he he really wanted uh athletics at UH West Oahu right a division two type program he had floated the idea of of uh getting junior college sports going through the community colleges in the University of Hawaii system like he, he had a lot of really good ideas he was a a very effective administrator really kind of got things going there at UH West Oahu and and just a a a um a titan of a man, really, and uh, he will be missed, no doubt about that. So, wanted to make sure we sent our aloha out to the Freitas family. Yeah, yeah, nothing but love to those guys over there. You know, um, in other news, uh, my overtime Jordan is that it's U.S. Open week. Um, That's right. Yeah, uh, U.S. Open week over in the golf world. Kind of an interesting time too, with everything going on with the Live Tour over in Europe. Um, a lot of those guys that played over there are capable and um they qualify to play in the u.s open so all that drama that's kind of happened the last weeks is kind of coming together at the u.s open um the rough is not just thick on the course it's rough thick as that in the locker room as well so uh it's gonna (laughs) be there's been there's been a line in the sand drawn there's no doubt about that i'm I'm excited for it Uh, the major season kind of rolling on here all right that'll do it for us here on episode 42 uh, big thanks to you, Hunter. Big thanks to Jaron once again. Uh, we'll see everybody back here next week on Hawaii Football Now, presented by Xanthison, as well as our other sponsors, Spectrum Mobile and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Have a great weekend, everybody. Aloha. You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Halley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.